Hey y'all, what's up? This is the Hustle and the Struggle Podcast. Today, we have a special guest here, my dude, Tony Williams. Y'all, yeah. let's give him a round of applause. Come on, man. I'm very happy to be here tonight. Well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. How you doing, man? How's man. everything going? Uh, everything is busy, but I'm good and I'm blessed and I really don't have any complaints. Okay. Well, that's good, man. All right, man. We're, we're going to kick it in, man. So it's going to be coming from both sides. Yes, here. sir. So, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us about who who is Tony Williams. Uh, Tony Williams, Northside kid from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Northside? Uh, man, I was born and raised here. Um, I went to elementary at John Burroughs. Oh, okay. Martin Luther King Boulevard. Yes, sir. East Cincinnati. I uh, went to Cleveland Middle School. It's really not a school anymore. And I uh, went to Nathan Hill. And okay. I got my, uh, I didn't make it all four years at Nathan Hill, but I got my dip- diploma and the trade at uh, Job Court. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bob Bama Pie? Um, is that Bama Pie? Oh, Lewis? It's off of Lewis. Okay. Yeah, yeah off of Lewis. Okay. So. And what do you go to school there for? Oh, I wouldn't, I finished, I got my diploma and then I got a business and office <laughs> degree. So, oh, for real? Yeah, a little train. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, most of my family they live here. They're from here, and yeah, this is this is home for me. This is home, man. Yeah. So what? So so what year were you born? Because I, I was born in '82. Are you? Yeah, I'm I'm an '82 baby. '82. My birthday is in a couple of weeks. So I'll be 38. Man, yeah. well, happy birthday, bro. You're going to look 38, man. I man. get that all the time. <laughs> I get it all the time. You know? I get it all the time. You look young. I mean, how old you think you look? You look about, what, 26, 27? 26? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a very good compliment, yeah, yeah. man. Good jeans. Yeah. 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 So you're a singer, too, right? That's how I got known of you, uh, watching you perform in Victory, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, vocalist. Man, That what's crazy is that. My family, my dad was a singer. My great-grandmother sung with Sam Cooke. I don't know if y'all, you guys heard of Angela Wimbush. She was married to Ronald Osley. But it, it's in the family. Oh. And so when I was growing up, you know, growing up on the north side of, you know, town, it was kind of like, well, all my friends are the local gangbangers and all them. And I had the skill, but I was kind of shy. I didn't want let everybody to know. So I would, I would sing in my room, but nobody knew up until, like, I would say when I went to Job Corps, I they wanted me to sing for the national anthem, and everybody was like, "What did this happen?" Well, you know what I'm saying? So, but uh, it all runs from you know listening to my dad singing. My dad was a musician. Well, I won't say was he. He is a musician, a drummer, um, a great like I said, my great grandmother. So it it is in the family. Okay. You know? But yeah. uh, yeah, worship leading came after the fact. Uh, me uh. You know, when I when I when I sung for the uh, for my graduation, then I was making special appearances on albums and music videos and had a little record label and contracts and all that. But you know, I, that all that kind of yeah, it wasn't good. wasn't no good contract. So I pretty much was just that singer who pretty much featured on everybody's album or video or something like that. So, oh, okay. But uh, no, I, I worship led like you said at Victory. I worship led at Victory for about ten years. And I uh, was a part of, you know, that and the production there at Victory. The Easter, the big Easter and Christmas productions that they have. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely good practice for oh, you. I mean, you was in front of what? 30, could be 20, 30,000? 
it was, man, I was on stage about four days out the week there at Victory. And so, I mean, Victory is a mega church. So, I mean, and plus they're known around the world. So, yeah. we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so. awesome, bro. Yes, sir. So, so, what do you learn during that endeavor of being a worship leader? Because you're actually the first one who. Uh, normally it's rappers, right? Mm-hmm. But doing what you were doing, you were responsible of leading a whole pack of people. Yeah, well, into worship. Well, I mean, first of all, man, like I, said, I don't, I didn't want to never be that worship leader. It's like, okay, you, you a worship leader on stage, but you not so much when you off the stage. Oh wow, you know what I'm saying? And so first, you know, I, I definitely want to make sure my heart is right when I'm up there leading because I take it very seriously. You know, we're supposed to receive what we receive from the Lord. It comes inside of us. So we, you know, we, it, it comes, you know, to the audience, the congregation. Yeah. So, but uh, I took it very seriously, man. It wasn't no gains, you know, cause you know, this is, this is the King that we represent. So, you know, you want to, you want to be up on that stage with a, you know, with a pure heart, you know, but, uh, yeah, I never took it for granted. Like, it was, you know, that's God and, you know, just that. Even now, if I've, when I've been off a stage about, I've been off a stage about four years, stopped worship leading. But even now, you know, I have people, oh, I remember you and I remember this, this yeah. and that. So I'm still having to walk that, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, if they see me doing something I ain't really supposed to be doing, that kind of, you know, that'll affect their their walk with God or whatnot. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, so, so man, um, now I'm going in here. Um, what is, I always wanted to know, because I know a couple of worship leaders, mm-hmm. and I've always seen the, the that a lot of them don't do their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're yeah, always performing on stage. Mm-hmm. But when you ask them, like, you, man, you're dope. Can, yeah, you got anything exactly. of your own. And I've often found that a lot of them don't. Can, mm-hmm. can you kind of let us know why? Man, because, man, that's a question. To be I honest, I feel like most of them are comfortable on that stage pulpit, you know, uh, in the church. Because mm. it's easy for someone to, hey, you're blessed, you did a good job, blah, 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 this and that. And I was one of those to a certain extent. Because what challenged me was like, you know what? I don't want to be just known as this worship leader on stage. And, and especially as Christians, we don't want to get caught up as being in the church and don't do nothing outside of the church. And so I challenged myself is like, you know what? I love this. I've been doing this for a while, but I want to go where it really counts. You know, I want to go in a place to where they don't really care about God or whatever the case is and be that light. You know, I, I start uh, when I stopped worship leading, you know, I don't know if you guys heard of written Quincy, but uh, he yeah, had that's right, yeah. 120. Oh, yeah. And so that's, me, that's and my, my guy. me and my, one of my good friends, Devontae Suarez, mm-hmm. uh, we went to the cypher one time. And, you know, I'm just sitting back because I'm a worship leader. And I'm just like, okay, this this is cool. That's when I was really turned on to all the, the talent here in Tulsa. But, you know, we were sitting back. And then one day, uh, one night, uh, Ritten had the, you know, he had like his open mic thing. And uh, because me and Devontae would come for months, never really did nothing. I mean, he's one of the coldest MCs out here. And, you know, everybody knew me from worship leading. But anyways, he opened up the mic and I sung and he was, where you been at? You know what I'm saying? You know, where you been hiding? Yeah, that was one of those things, man. And so every week, you know, I would I would literally come just to be, you know, just listen and look at everybody else. And be like, Tony Williams, get up here. You got to get up here. And so I went from. You know, doing that, man, and doing shows with written, man, making, you know, being featured in albums and music videos and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
So have you ever have you thought about doing your own thing? Oh yeah, I thought about or it. Or have you have you done? I've I've written a lot, and I've I've actually started on albums, but it's it's one of those things to where you know it's we're just not on one accord with producers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you know I've I've if I do my own thing, hey. But if I don't, what I would that sound like, like? What would that sound like? My own, I would. I say, mean, like if you if you knew, okay, I'm back, baby. I'm back to produce an album. What would that sound like? I mean, what production wise are you looking for? Because mm. you're, I mean, you're you, you're scalable. I mean, you can do R and B. You yeah. can, you know, what I mean. So. Man, to be honest, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like I can do R and B. I can do Live. blues. I can do. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it'll be definitely a, a mix between R and B, blues. Uh, you know, I, I even like writing country uh, songs too. So. Hey, we're in Oklahoma. That's yeah, why. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, it, you know, it ain't no limit, really. You okay. know. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this. So, when it comes to you know being one of, on one accord with producers, like, what is the challenge you have as an artist when it comes to producers? Are you looking for Someone that'll give you that customization. Someone that can do everything. Like, what what are the challenges for upcoming artists that producers can actually help with that would actually bridge that gap and make it easier for very talented people to come out and produce something that's really amazing for the world to hear? Man, it's, it's just like what you said, customization, because I feel like it's a, it's a lot of people that sounding like, you know, you hear somebody like, oh, I... I heard you. You sound just like other person. So, uh, just being able to play and do a little bit of everything because you know I want to. I don't. I want to stand out, especially if I make a record. You know, I don't want to sound like what you've been hearing for the past ten years. You know. So, but uh, yeah, right. Wow. Sense, yeah. Yeah. You got any more questions you want to ask before I get into this? Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, if you look like if you look at history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was very easy for artists to um, stand out because you had collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like you look at uh, Michael Jackson and Quincy. Oh, you look at, you know what I'm saying? All, all like rappers like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, actually Nas got blamed for setting a new trend. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But even if you look at rappers and singers, mm-hmm. a lot of them, they had a producer. And so they had their own sound because they had a producer rocking with them throughout the whole project. And he went out making the same type of beats for Mm -hmm. everybody else to to sing on or rap on. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's something that we need to bring back? Of course. Because like I just said, like, if you hear one, all of them sound alike. Back in the day, you know, you knew Michael Jackson, you knew Stevie Wonder. I mean, you knew, you knew exactly who they were. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... Right now, because everything is so trendy and was put up the, the hottest record to get everybody, but you know, back in the day, I felt like it was definitely originality. So and that's what we need. So, so where do you think we're at right now, as far as the uh, the, 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 mu- the I, music local scene? Honestly, the local scene. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like I'm expecting us to blow up any day. I mean, oh, any day. Okay. I'm, I'm expecting that. I mean, especially. Oh, oh my God! I was just on the phone with. Uh, I heard, you guys heard of Steph Simon, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Like Steph Simon, Brent J. Like it's so many. Like it, it, it's amazing. But the we're definitely. You know they've been sleeping on us, but I mean, like I say, any moment now is just it's just, it's just gonna explode. Okay. You know I can. I'm just in awe. Like you know people. You know some of. 
acknowledge me for my music, but you know, right now, man, I don't mind just sitting back and just being in, in amazement, you know, because that's how, you know, that's how good it is. I don't, I like I said, I don't mind taking a step step back and letting them guys do their things because that's how good it is. Yeah. So what about the the, the major scale of the industry? The where major you think, scale. Where, yeah. Where you think we're at there? Cause I mean, we're from we're all it seems like from the same era. Yeah, where we seen where it was, yeah. and you know what I mean, the fun of it and the, the being different. So where is that now? Yeah. I got my opinion, but I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, what where your where's your opinion? To be honest, I don't really, I don't really listen to the main stuff. But what I've I've seen is everybody is pretty much the same, and everything is about you know, generating that dollar, you know, put this out, put, let's make this trend, but it's not really no passion. You know, I remember listening to whole albums, you know, songs be five and six, seven minutes long. Now you got like the two and three minute songs and it's just like that, you know? So, you know, the creativity, the passion in the heart is, I don't feel like it's there, you know, but, uh, so what are you listening to right now? What's on your playlist? Man, I'm listening to a lot of underground stuff, to be honest. I'm listening to, you know, uh, you know, local artists, but I listen to a lot of underground. So okay, who who, uh, who is one, that? One, it's a it's put a, put me on, man. Tuxedo, Mayor Hawthorne, Tuxedo. Is that local? No, they're not. They're underground. Oh, okay, but uh, I was I was actually jamming in to them today. I don't know if y'all Tuxedo, man. It's like a it's a white group, man. But they got super soul. What are they? Is that Rap, hip hop. Man, they got they, no. They're R and B. It's like they got that retro '80s sound. Oh, they super okay. nice. Okay, super nice. Oh, so yeah. you're going back with it? Oh, yeah, back to the '80s. Again. Yeah, they got that. That's. I mean, y'all just gotta check them out. I mean, it's it's, it's all type of people though, man. Uh, who else? Uh, Lucky Day. Uh, he got a song called uh, what is that song? Uh, the album is called Painted. But uh, just them, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of underground because I feel like if you underground, you ain't being controlled by the industry and you can you can really be creative. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So you said something about a label. What, 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 how did that happen? I mean, Man, what was the situation on that? Was that a local was, thing or was that? It uh, was local and we talked to some some majors, but it was one of those things where contracts wasn't right and it was greed. And then they trying to turn me to the next Usher or whoever else, and that is totally not my sound. You know, just all type of stuff to where you know oh, you're wow. basically a slave in the industry. So yeah, yeah. So speaking of speaking of that, man, I don't know if you heard. There is a Kanye West actually said on one of his performances. He said that there are people that come to his studio just to scream Jesus mm-hmm. because in their contracts they're not allowed to say Jesus in none of their records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it seems like a lot of contracts have more bondage in it than people think. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, there's stuff that they can and cannot say. There's stuff they can, can and cannot do. Um, so what do you think about that? Do you think that there needs to be, like, a resurgence of independent artists blowing up? Oh, yeah. Or, or well, there really is, that. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. it's, I mean, like I said, this is our artistry. You want to put our artistry on display. How can I tell you you can't do this? And you, It's your art, right? You know what I'm right. saying? You right. want to express yourself how you feel like you should express yourself. So, no, I feel like the industry now, like I say, is what's hot, what's trendy, what's going to make us money instead of, you know, the artist really being artists. So, yeah. so playing devil's advocate, can you blame them? Can you blame I a mean, lot of these they kids? Want that money. I mean, it's the bag. And I mean, look where they're coming from. Well, I, mean, I, I get it. 
But at the same time, I know a lot of them that didn't sell out for the bag. Mm. So, yeah. 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 That's true. As a matter of fact, I think you and another guy was the one telling me about um, First One, mm-hmm. about his hustle. Yeah. Or see your, tell, why don't you tell everybody in the room about that? Because a lot of what well, you were, you were the one who told me first. Um, a lot of people hey, don't know. This, now, we come from the era of the CDs. And that's what's crazy because he's yeah. killing it. He ain't like, is he? I think he got a, you know, didn't he put some on the Apple? But he's killing it with his CDs. Like he's just, he just, he's on the street. They grinding like that whole world culture crew. Like I got love for all of them. Verse, you know, you got Cut King, King Cut, uh, Steph, and all those boys. Tones, like they, they definitely grinding. Like mm-hmm. and they're doing it the old school way. You know what I'm saying? So what do you mean by the old school? Huh? What? Thirty dollars a CD. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, thirty dollars a CD, and people are buying it. In my truck, in my car for three months. Mm-hmm. Like two, three months have been in my CD plan. Yeah, it's yeah. just that fire. It's that fire. Yeah. Remind me, I used to produce in the '90s, so it remind me. Just yeah. One here. Just, yeah. Just was what's missing. What we miss. Mm-hmm. So, so when you say old school, what other methods are they doing that kind of remind you of? Other than the CDs, man. I mean, it just like I said, they're willing to be who they are. They're not. Mm. They're not a trendy rapper to say anything to catch your ear. Dog, they speaking from the heart. They're true artistry. You know, they're real artists. You know, so that's what I appreciate about them. And like I said, they putting on for the town, and I love it. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, um, I think they got something going on. Next Friday, next Saturday, right? Well, actually, uh, Steph has his Born on Black Wall Street Uncut uh, show tomorrow at the, what is it? I don't know what they renamed that mansion is, but it used to be the Brady Mansion on Denver. Oh, where they did the video at? Yeah. Who I regret not going to that video? Yeah. Oh, my God. Everybody has it, they named they renamed it the Skyline Mansion, but, you know, back in the day, it was the Brady Mansion. Tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow man. night. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I actually got to see that guy later on tonight, so okay. he's going to pick up one of my shirts, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's kick into that. Let's let's go there. Um, that's another half of what you do. <laughs> but real quick, you're a barber, right? I just found that out last night. Man. Tell us about that, man. How did you get into that? accident, man. Hey, we got two barbers <laughs> in the house. He's a barber, too. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, how that came about was because I was sick and tired of getting made fun of at school because my dad used to cut my hair, me and my brother's hair, and he would, uh, it was just Mess it up. <laughs> and, you know, he would put perms on our hair, jerry curls, and all this, you know, and so I just, like, you know what, if I'm going to get made fun of, man, it's going to be on my own, <laughs> you know, it's going to be, you know, on my own hands, you know, making fun of my dad, it's time to fight. But I just started cutting my own hair, then eventually cutting my brother's, and it how it really blew up for me because I would cut my pastor's hair, Pastor Paul Doherty and his brothers and all the interns and everybody else there. And so, you know, victory is, you know, pretty known. And so when, mm-hmm. when he put me on, you know, one of his stories, it was like, oh, my God, you cut Pastor Paul's hair? Yeah. So, but, yeah, man, that's pretty much how that came about, man. Just, yeah. So you do, you do that independently, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And 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 so, if I wanted a cut or someone wanted the cut, they would come to your. You come to me. Just let me know what's. Oh wow, that's we, cool. We can, uh, you know, set up a time. So we real quick before we go into it, we had a conversation with Brock about uh, creatives, you know, producers and artists, mm-hmm. 
how they can make a side hustle while they're doing their doing their music. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Brock said is um, being a barber is a great side hustle. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree? Because he oh, broke yes. down the money. Especially if you're good. <laughs> he, he broke down the money, and so that's so you know that keeps a lot of kids from having to work at Reesers or yeah, a yeah. warehouse gig where they're locked in box for that ten hours. Where as they can be a barber and be yeah. free and if you're good meet and you're people. professional, you know people gonna you know they gonna mess with you. You know, so, uh, I, I look at it as a ministry, and plus you know I only cut pretty much you know friends. I don't say I got clients, I got friends. You know because that's the time that we can all just vent and talk to each other and they need a word hey what's going on you know so yeah. but uh but it, it, it definitely a good little side hustle but you definitely gotta be uh you gotta be good because ain't nobody just gonna come to you because they like you they want to look good at the same time too so yeah you know. I, about the ministry, you know? mm-hmm. I pray for my customers yeah i pray for them and then i pray for them to leave if they give me a problem you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man so the ministry is something that um I noticed that, like you said, man, I'm just like, man, I did that yesterday. I told somebody about forgiveness. Yeah. Or how I used yeah. to be real angry. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, I needed this. I'm yeah. Like, oh. Exactly. You know, it's just something about sitting in that barber chair, and if they feel comfortable enough, they don't tell you everything. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, and by us being, you know, God-fearing, you know, you're going you're gonna, to, you know, share some knowledge. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Of course. Of course. So you also have a clothing line. Yes, sir. Tell us how that came about, man. Uh, was you always into fashion? I was always into fashion. I used to, uh, I was a model. Uh, I styled, uh, I don't know how many stores in Woodland Hills Mall. I opened up Forever 21. I used to do all the visual merchandise for Dillard, Sarah Postle, The Gap, Eddie Bauer, like all that. Like I would go to Forever 21 uh, in the mornings and then uh, leave it. I think, yeah, I got out at five in whatever store that needed a floor set, you know, I would do that store for the, uh, for that, uh, you know, for that evening. But uh, I started doing styling for uh, fashion shows and uh, started doing stuff uh, for Lisa J. I don't know if you guys heard of Lisa J, but uh, she's, she's doing her thing out here. But I've done that. But what got me, I always wanted my own clothing line, but my love for the city, I was like, you know, because I was praying, I'm like, okay, I really want to have my own clothing line. But like I say, my love for the city, man, they kind of was like, man, just I just felt like I wanted to put on for the city because yeah. I love it here. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to highlight our culture and our history, especially uh, Black Wall Street. Mm. Uh, yeah, and let people know about Tulsa because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know about our history. Um, they need to know about it. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, you know, fortunately, I was born on Black Wall Street. But when I was growing up, man, I would have never known about Black Wall Street because it was never taught in the schools. Okay, so so, uh, so yeah. you were born in the 80s, so you grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you already told me this while we were setting up. How did you first hear about it? How did I first hear about it? Uh, like I say, I How mean, old were you when you first? Man, all I knew was uh, Pine and Peoria and Greenwood. You know, I just, I'm right there. You know, and then I'm seeing the the Gap Band and wonder, okay, who the Gap Band and oh, they from here and all this and that, and you know, they get into the history of it. And then when you, you know, when you walking down Greenwood and you, okay, what's these black plaques in the, you know, in the concrete, the sidewalk, and oh, it was a doctor. Like, what is this stuff? 1921. And like, okay, what is this stuff? So you getting to ask, you know, getting to ask my parents and 
you know, hey, this is what happened here. And do you not know about the history here? And so, but like I said, it was just me growing up there. Because mm. had I not grew up where I grew up, I would have never known about would not. And that's why I asked, because uh, I was born on um, in North Tulsa, and then my mom moved me out. Mm-hmm. You know, during the 80s, you can only... You, I can't blame her, but we yeah. never, I've never heard of Black at Wall Street. See, and that's what's crazy, and that, like I said, that was the inspiration behind my clothing line, because, you know, I love fashion, but at the same time, I can educate people. Who's, you know, I got a graphic, uh, uh, Dick Rowland. People, who's Dick Rowland? What is Dick Rowland? Yeah, you see, Dick, see, you know what I'm saying? Dick Rowland was the elevator operator. Okay. You know, you know. And so I'm that's like, what, so. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It, it also educates. So when I see that, oh, yeah. that's who that. Yes, the guy, the, the who? The elevator operator. Yeah. Mm. You know, and they, they was like, well, he tried to attack the girl on the elevator, and, you know. They, oh, so that was the guy who they say, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. See, like I I'm say, sorry. education. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> education. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. So, but like I said, man, it's a lot of history here, man. I love the place, uh, and I just want to put on, and right now is a special time because we're coming on the uh, 100th year of, you know, the, the you know, the massacre. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so let's let's just do it just real fast. It don't have to be super long, but there may be some people listening. Like, mm. what are you? Let's. What are you even talking about? It's what a lot of people don't know right now. So why don't you just say, you know, what happened in a brief way to okay. understand what we're talking about? Okay, uh, Black Wall Street man was. It consisted of uh, thirty six blocks of black entrepreneurs. I mean, we, you know, nowadays we think of Cali and New York to go out and have a good time, but we had that right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was all just black entrepreneurs. We didn't have to go out outside of that community. You know, we was thriving. I mean, we was, it was amazing. You know, pretty much what? Harlem, we want to say Harlem. But, uh, you know, uh, but like I said, Dick Rowland uh, was an elevator operator, and uh, it was said that he tried to attack, you know, Sarah Page. And uh, they, uh, it was said that they, you know, took him to jail. And I felt like uh, I heard there was a, a fight that broke out. Somebody was shot. Then they tried to lynch him, but I think they fled. But, you know, the KKK came in overnight, you know, trying to burn down the homes. Uh, it was over thousands that was killed. It was, told, it was said that the uh, military even came and was bombing down everything. And so... Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, they call it a race riot, but, man, it was a massacre, you know. And I would say before 9-11, man, we had, you know, 1921. You know, 9-11, and I, no disrespect to anything, but what happened here in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Like, nah, far greater. So, but, uh, yeah. And all that happened with less than 12 hours? I mean, I'm, I'm not long. really sure, you know, you know, the time frame, but uh, that's what happened. You know, and all all of that. They try. I heard they tried to rebuild in the eighties, yeah, but it never that. really. You know, yeah, it never. They actually tried to rebuild before that. It actually, yeah. they actually restored everything. Mm-hmm. And then in the nineteen fifties, they uh, they decided to build a new interstate. Yeah, so they, they did. They forcibly bought all this, all those businesses, so mm-hmm. they could build an interstate right on top. Really, of really, messed yeah. up again. Yeah, so. But that's that's some of the history. I'm you, you know that's some of the history behind it. Black Wall Street, Greenwood, Pine and Arch, all that. So yeah, yeah. You know, and I asked my mom. I think it was maybe ten years ago. I asked her. I said, "How come you never told?" Like I didn't know. And she really didn't give me a 
a, a you know defined reason why mm-hmm. when she knew about it, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it's almost like even some black folks, older black folks, kind of swept it under the rug, yeah. and they didn't tell their kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And along with that, and it wasn't taught in school. Mm-hmm. You know, you got kids like me who didn't even know until we moved up here, and then even then we were like, really, that happened? Yeah. And you know, but I see now it's more education with a lot of schools starting to get on board with. You know, bringing the kids to the, yeah. you know what I mean? They done that a couple yeah, weeks ago. There. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. they had a little tour and all that, so. Yeah. And a lot of those kids are like, really, that really happened? You yeah. know what I mean? And so, you know, it's crazy what it could have been. Oh, so, man. so uh, another question. Knowing of the local scene that we're in music, mm-hmm. how, how important is it that these young kids, these young rappers and creatives know about that as they're building their brands? They should, because uh, look, what we're doing is trying to leave a legacy. And, and I feel like that's one of the amazing things about us because, you know, yeah, we're, we're happy, we're happy to display our art, but at the same time, okay, let's, let's, you take the torch now. It's your time. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's definitely, you know, the kids should definitely take hold of this because it's also an inspiration for them to go out and do what they need to do and step out and be, you know, not only, are, you know, we got artists in the uh, community, but, you know, they're, you know, they're hands on in our community. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that we can definitely pass on to the next generation. So do you see them taking the torch? I mean, the younger? I mean, they have to. Because we ain't gonna always be around. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. they have because to, to be honest with you, can. Stan Simon is like. Yeah. 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 So, so, but he's our age, man. Steph is well, a little 46. younger than that. Yes. Yeah, he's probably early twenties. Steph probably thirty three ish, four ish. Yeah. So he's still like our era. So yeah. I'm really, I'm really focused on the younger cats, like mm-hmm. eighteen oh, and twenty five. Oh, okay. Because I realize, like you know, Ramal Brown. Mm-hmm. And guys yeah. like uh, our era, we, it seems like like the older people are like you know, let it be, let let it be what it's going to be. Yeah. But our era is got the mentorship in our heart. Yeah. So we're yeah. like reaching back, but under that it's kind of like they're kind of doing their own thing. So when I say take the torch, do you really think? And I got a crew of young artists that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Do you really think they're going to take the torch? Yeah, they can take because the torch. I kind of doubt it. Unless we, yeah. Unless we, unless we. I think they learn it so they can take the torch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can see both ways because we got so much junk out here. It's so much junk out here. It's social media that's polluting what they learn. It's so much junk. Mainstream crap. It's so much junk. I I can see both ways. But uh, people like, you know, what, what we... People like you know the people that we've uh, named, man. They're not gonna let that happen because, like I said, we're we're focused on more than just being an artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, that's a good point. Because I really like what Steph is doing with the whole festival. Oh, Bag yeah. is really awesome. Oh yeah. You know, and he's reaching out to a lot of the young artists. Yeah. That's why I'm going. I thought it was the. He's got, they got something going on at mm-hmm. Rico's place, I thought, on the, the gallery, 6th. Getting ready to open back up, Black Wall Street Gallery. Yeah, when? when? Oh, yeah. I think he said in, I'm going to say about five days. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, because of about five days. one of the artists I know is performing there. Who's that? Uh, okay. From okay. the from with Ramal's crew. Okay. And so I'm gonna go over to support. And so I like that that he's reaching out to the young kids. You know, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I love that. I mean, people like them and you know Devontae Suarez, man. They're all about like you know giving back and making sure that next generation you know get take it. You know, so. That's what it's about. I mean, like we said, I can see both sides because there's a lot of junk, man, and it's 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 more followers than it is leaders. Mm. And so, and that's what's sad about it. But uh, I feel like the ones that do catch hold to it, they they're gonna do a good job. Okay. You know, I feel like they're yeah. But let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think sets apart like uh, a person that's gonna take the, t- the torch? And and really be a leader versus the person that's just following, only doing what's trending. Um, what what sets that young person apart? What makes that young person a good candidate to be a person to hand the torch off to? What makes a good? I mean, when we're talking about like the background they come from, the people. I mean, like, you know, like what's in them? Like what 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 in their heart? And see, what's what's in their heart see, that's that what's crazy because I don't feel like everybody has that. What you mean? I mean, people can make up their minds, hey, I'm, you know, after that, I've been through whatever they've been through. But a lot of people is like, you know, you ever come across some, somebody, you be like, man, they just don't get it. Yeah. But that other person Absolutely. is like, yeah, they just don't get it. And, yeah. you know, some can get it, you know, but it's, ah, man, it's hard. I can even just say for myself, I never wanted to be, you know, I never did want to do what everybody else did. I never, you know, I wanted to be who I was, right. you know, and, and right. that and that came from, you know, my dad, you know, yeah. showing me the way my family, you know, uh, and I don't necessarily want to say it comes from the family household because it's, it's been people that came from broken households that was like, you know what, I'm going to be the difference. But, you know, I, it's, man, that question right there, man. But uh, it's just wanting to, wanting to make that change. Something inside of them is just like, you click, it's like, okay, I done had enough of this, or I done seen enough of this, you know, it's time to make a change. So, but I mean, I was, like I said, I could just speak for myself, man. I just knew I wanted better. I knew I challenged myself. You know, I had people around me, you know, mentors and people getting on to me and, you know, just looking at my, you know, mistakes and like, look, you know, not only that, you know, I've learned for that, but it's like my dad would always tell me, like, who, who are you? You're like, you're like, who are you? And he'd be like, you Tony Williams. Okay, it's you know, I'm Tony Williams, and there's there's power in that name. There's you know, you know, integrity, all of that. So, yeah. So, wow, that's good. You got any yeah. questions, Brock? You want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going live on here too. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Any more? I mean, yeah. I got more, but I'm... oh yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think what you said is real important, man. There's just something about having the grit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you see a lot of people, they don't, they don't even have hope. So without hope, you can't even believe in yourself. Because exactly. you ain't even got nothing to believe for. Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think what you said is just real powerful, man. Just, like, some people just get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what do you think that us older people, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in our 30s, all that kind of stuff. What do we need to be doing to pour into the young people, to help them get it, to restore their hope, all that kind of stuff? Like, what do you think they're missing that we could actually provide as the, the older generation? We need, we, we, uh, 
I feel like we really need people that's like, okay, I don't care, you know, about, I don't care. I'm just going to do this because there's a lot of people want to be political, political correct nowadays. You know, they're worried about their bag. They're worried about, you know, their image. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do this regardless. I'm going to reach out and really have a heart for these people regardless. Yeah. You know, uh, it just really, like you said, just taking that torch, step, stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a crying generation, what are you going to do about it? You're going to shake your head and, you know, are you really going to do something about it? Are you going to talk about them? Are you really going to do something about mm-hmm. it? But uh, they're, the, the kids nowadays are missing that that leader. They're missing those, you know, those powerful figures. I mean, you know, we, we, can, we can talk about, like, lack of parenting or lack of fathers or whatever in the home. We can talk about all this stuff that's going on, you know. But uh, it's just stepping up to the plate. Even if you don't have your own children or whatnot, if you know somebody in your, your hood or if you know you know somebody who needs it, why not step up to the plate? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I really think, like, and they came out to, you and Gaz came out to my outreach. Oh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And the kids love that, you know, and I think we need more of that where yeah. we as creatives mm-hmm. go into the schools and perform and give them a good word. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these kids, they see it on YouTube, but they really don't believe that they can create content. Yeah. And uh, where, you know, with YouTube and everything's accessible that we need to teach these kids that you can create content. Mm-hmm. You can be the creator. You can be on the other side. Yeah. But because they don't have that hope and because they haven't had seen someone have a great performance and like, Tell them that hey, you you can do it too. Yeah, they don't believe it, so they want to consume. So they're consuming all this negative content, yeah. and that and then and then they portray it when they're at home, and you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So yeah. I really think we our era really need to get into these schools because a lot of the schools are very open for us to come in and perform, mm-hmm. and but you know I don't know why we don't take that initiative and yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean it's being selflessness. It was am I saying it right? Being yeah. not being selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing the bigger. You know, it's bigger than us. You know, like like I said, we're not gonna always be here. So why not teach and help somebody else? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm good for nothing. <laughs> 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 oh, where can people buy you? Uh, ttownessence.com uh, or they can DM they can follow uh, ttownessence918 Instagram uh, we'll custom make your you know whatever fit you need uh, but you can definitely go on to the website www.ttownessence.com so how do y'all make them I mean are they uh, do you kind of get special fabric or uh, I mean, how do y'all make them well first I design them and then mm-hmm. I got a little team. I got, you know, one of my dear friends, uh, Takoya Tate. She uh, runs the website. And I have another friend, Lucretia. She, uh, you know, she gets the, you know, whatever I need, the sweatshirts, the tees. And she's like, okay, what do you need? And we make it happen. We kind of brainstorm. How are we going to do this? My next thing right now is uh, getting into the stores. Yeah, I was and, about to ask uh, that. So people can really, you know, okay, see what they, you know, getting. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Now, what do you mean stores? Like a bigger like, scale store talking, or like a yeah, boutique? Yeah, I've been talking to uh, Cooper Silhouette, uh, uh-huh. L2, at the Mother Road. Uh, me, uh, Rico, Rico been, uh, me and Rico have been trying to talk about some stuff. So local local shops, Ida Red, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. Rico, is that Dr. Rico? Mm-hmm. Rico Wright. Rico Wright. What up, boy? <laughs> 
So what about the branding as far as like, do you have artists that when they're doing their video, they're wearing your stuff? I mean, yeah, I have. I mean, like I said, I would, uh, man, I would say, well, Steph, tomorrow he'll be uh, featuring one of my uh, uh, items. Okay. I got one specially made for him. Nobody can see it yet. If you if you come to the show, you can see it. But uh, people like uh, him, uh, Devonte, uh, man, there's so many people. Uh, Coop Silhouette, she's uh, she got me and her just took a what last week, I believe. But anyway, she got pictures of you know one of my Dick Rollins or well, this one. So yeah, yeah, let, yeah. let people see that. Cause... Yeah, you know, talking about that, did you see when um, Steph Simon? Like reenacted the scene of him being the elevator man and the white girl. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man! Yeah, powerful. Yeah, uh, yeah, powerful. It's the picture. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, my goodness. So. Yeah. What's summertime coming? Do you got? I mean, do you do well, we seasonal stuff? Oh yeah, where, oh yeah, it's seasonal. We got you go on the website. You get the tees. You get the tank tops. Uh, you know, yeah, we're definitely seasonal. The hats and hats, stuff like all that. that. Yes, sir. Okay, man, bad. Okay, cool. Say one more time. One more time. We're seasonal. You got the uh, no, the, the site website. The, oh, I'm sorry. The site www.ttownessence.com. <laughs> yeah, get you one. <laughs> That's right, get you one. Yeah, so you know. So lastly, um, and then we'll wrap it up. What twenty twenties here? What can we expect to see from you, as far as music, clothing line, any other endeavors? I mean, what what can we expect? What's your big vision for the next five years? With everything you're doing. Well, I mean, like I say, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to do more in the community. And if that's with the clothing line, and like I said, because it's not just a clothing line, it's, you know, it's it's educating folks. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely want to, you know, expand my brand a little more. And uh, if music is there, then okay. But uh, I definitely want to be more active in the community. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. Any more questions to run around? I, I think we good. Awesome. I'm good. Well, again, thank you for coming. Man, it was awesome. Come back again. Come back again. I get the invite. I'll come. Okay. Well, (laughs) next month. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thanks for coming and um, blessing us with your, you know, everything you're doing. And so, yeah, we're back to wrap up. But again, this this is a hustle and struggle podcast. Y'all can find it on Facebook, the hustle and struggle podcast on Facebook. Instagram at Rome the producer. I try to have all the you know what we like everything we tape in here and break it down on Instagram TV. Awesome, cool. Awesome. All right, guys, we're out. This is the Hustle and Struggle podcast. Peace. Peace. All right, man. Good man, job, it was man. awesome, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're good, bro. You're a pro at that, that, man. Thank you, guys. That was great. Yeah, man. You're a pro at that. You been interviewed before, right? All the time, man. It's yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been, I'm, yeah, like I said, I've been on stage with Victory and cameras and all that stuff, man, and just videos, studios, you know, so, man. Yeah, you're natural, man. I yeah, am. You're good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're man, good. it's a blessing. Like I say, man, like, this is, this is definitely an honor, man, because, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm at the phase, I'm at the stage right now to where I'm just learning to appreciate the artists and the entrepreneurs, like, I feel like, I, hey, I can have my, my own little, 
you know, everybody who's an artist have their own little confident all, you know, confident in themselves. But at the same time, I'm just like, look, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. saying like, you know, like I said, we mentioned the artist, so I have no problem with going up to him. Hey, man, I love your stuff, man. Keep it going, man. You know that you inspire me. But me and my own right, I know I'm pretty good. But at the same time, I don't mind humbling myself and giving somebody their just due. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like that's my stage now. I've been focusing more on trying to get the, you know, the brand off the ground and, you know, business, you know, so. But, uh, yeah. How many, how many hours do you think you put into everything you're doing with this? That's man, a question. <laughs> I don't, man, to be honest, man, I think about it. I'm thinking about uh, all the time, all day. I'm thinking about either a new graphic or who can I you know, get to rock it or how can I market this or what store to put it in or what store would I want to put it in? Uh, I'll, always, I don't, I, all day, every day, man. So, so is the name, the name you got there, copy, do you have to copyright that? Copyright it, uh, it's LLC and all of that. So, <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, LLC. Okay. All right, we're back to do another segment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. man. Because, uh, uh, this, he made this too. This yeah, that's this one of the designs he, as he well. He made this one specifically for me, though. Oh, so you're the only one who got yeah. it? Oh, okay. You might need to make some more of them, bro. I like it. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, that was specifically for her. The, the, yeah. Well, he changed so. it because originally it was like pink, but he changed it to purple. Your favorite color. color. Yeah. That's, that's my wife's favorite Are you a Prince fan? The I Prince? Do love Prince. Okay, okay. So yeah, okay. But I've all purple's always been like yeah, that's yeah, my favorite yeah. color since I was. Little. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. like royalty or loyalty. I think people. My dad always told me royalty is my royalty. dad's favorite color. My grandmother's mine. Like I love it. So, but I love all colors. But I, it's purple's a good There's color, man. All right, is that still recording? That. Okay, can you yeah. record it now? I'm about to ask about the LLC. Let's go. Okay, all right. Let me switch to that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Cause that 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 um, I think a lot of people need to learn about know about yeah. that. Cause yeah. I know a lot of people don't know how to start a business, man. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how to start a business. Yeah, it's a big thing. This is my first year legally barbering mm-hmm. <laughs> this company. Yeah, so um, next year, uh, Where's this down. Huh? Where's that barbershop? Oh, right here on fifty four, uh, fifty four thirty six South Bingo. Okay. Yep. And so I got to um, do things the, the the right way. You know. I can link you up with somebody. Is that is that the place right next to the uh, the weed place? No, no, no. Uh, okay. okay, that's uh, that's Celebrity Barbershop on Fifty Six. Yeah, they're so close to each other, man. That's yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, it's like five barbershops over there. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. but it's enough here for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially this area, because you got all the union kids and stuff. So yeah. and I know that's uh, celebrity. Celebrity, what's yeah. his name? Dennis. I know he has a lot of the union kids. Oh, yeah. I'm booked until Tuesday, so I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, we all eating this all good. Yeah, we're gonna. Talk okay. about that. Yeah, what's that barbecue? Like, really? We experiencing. We get work out. Okay. If you know, if you ever been to barbecue, uh, yeah, I've been. It, yeah. yeah. See what work. What would he, I, he had a location off of the fifty first and Memorial? Something like that. No, what twenty first and Memorial? It's twenty first. Forty first is where I worked at. Forty first. Okay. Yeah, I remember the forty first. They moved a, a lot because yeah. I remember at one time they were even on Peoria. What was it? No, well, like on Memorial, like right down the street. Um, from uh, Walmart. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that little shopping center. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, black labels. And they even had one over where that old uh, Reese or Albertsons or whatever used to be. Yep, Forty First. And they have one, but nobody really knows. No, Forty, no, Fifty, Fifty First and Memorial. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had it there because I went three years. I used to take my boys. And Sixty First, where the movie theater is at right here. There's a place right here, Sutton Mountain. It was right there. They was was there. They were, yeah, they weren't there that long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moved a lot. All right. Cool. Let's go. All right, man. All right. Yo, yo. I don't know, man. Okay. Here now. Yeah. I built. I built. I built a, yeah, okay. um, a sacrifice by dynamo and set it all up real nice. And then all of a sudden, parents used to tell me, I can't come back. I can't take it. And I was like, okay, look at this. I show them. And I'd be like, if it was a lady, I would tell her to bring her husband. Remind me, you could take a over. picture. And that's oh, how I took all of that stuff. Bill Clientel at home and left Bar- Barbara King. <laughs> okay. Hi, Ray. All right. So, what's up, man? How you going, Tommy? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, hey, you, you... Hold on, hold on real quick. Oh. It looks like your mic is unplugged. Yeah, I, I did that on purpose. Yeah, oh. I'm just going to use... The battery was dying, so I'm using the camera's mic. My, my, my bad, man. I messed up yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> okay. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. So, why don't you tell us real quick, for one... Uh, the whole meaning of the hu- the, the Hustle and Struggle podcast is we cover the creative side, the mental side, and the business side of being a creative, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just informed me that everything you got going is LLC. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to have a couple. Uh, I'm going through the process, too, but not an LLC, like mm-hmm. a soul pro. Maybe you can put me on, but... Well. A lot of a lot, the reason I say that because a lot of kids, not not kids, but a lot of the artists is making way. They have that question: mm-hmm. When should I turn what I'm doing into a business? Well, first of all, if you if you ain't got the clientele, because you gotta, it depends on what you have. Some some uh some you gotta turn in some of your taxes or your wages every month. Uh, some of them uh. But I wouldn't say LLC unless you know for sure that you have, like, your clientele or, you know what I'm saying? Because you're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to, uh, you know, report what you, you know, earned for that month. So mm-hmm. what's the use of, you know, filing all these taxes and reporting when you ain't yeah, really you got, got the money nothing. flow in there? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. How often is that that you got to report? Well, what I, have, what I have going, I mean, like I say, it's different. I have to report every month. You know, I wow, got to let them know what's going on and what I made every month. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who put you on with that? I mean, my auntie put me on. My auntie is a, a former detective, Deborah Dickens, and now she runs her uh, own accounting company and taxes. Mm-hmm. She does your taxes and all that. So uh, yeah. she's been doing that for years. So, but she actually, you know, she walked me through everything and she she helped me set up. So yeah. Okay. So I often heard a lot of people running from the LLC because of the cost. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I mean, is that I something mean, that's you got two hundred dollars? I mean, it ain't nothing. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much get you, you know, get you started up. You know, as long as you know which one you getting, and you know, like I say, the taxing thing because you don't want to get in trouble by the IRS. But uh, it's it's not really that much. Yeah. So is it relevant for someone who is a music artist, producer, to even think about? I mean, if you want your royalties and all that other stuff, you don't want nobody stealing whatever production or, you know, whatever creativity you have. 
you know, so, it, it's so, good to be covered. So even that, as far as royalties, ASCAP and stuff like that, you got to file for an LLC? Um, I'm not really sure on that. I'm pretty sure you do. Because like DistroKid and Screams mm-hmm. and stuff like that, is that well, something all that... the artists that I know from Steph Simon, from Devontae Suarez, they got their, their, they definitely got their business taken care of. So, yeah. Because mm, I know, again, I know a lot of artists has got TuneCore and mm-hmm. their streaming numbers and yeah. they don't even know they're going to be getting this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm because saying. Because they can report that, right? Yeah, they can. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, get them boys in there. They know a little bit more, but uh, I know they got their business taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I even I just found out some of the stuff I got done last year mm-hmm. that everything's online, right? Through PayPal, that PayPal mm-hmm. reports it. So yeah. if you don't, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little stuff like that that, you know, a lot of younger kids have no idea that yeah. when should I report stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, At what point is it relevant for me to actually mm-hmm. take this into maybe, a business? Maybe we should try to find and get a financial advisor to um, answer that. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. Their numbers could be so low that it's not even worth it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I got a financial advisor in Enid, Oklahoma, and... The gentleman that does my taxes, I don't know. So, this is going to be the first year. I, I made so much money last year with this company that I got nervous. <laughs> you know? Um, so, he's going to... Um, actually, I got to call him, text him tonight so we can have a meeting. But I got to see how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just got married. So, we're going to come do it together. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see how this all going to work out. But if not, I got to get an escort mm-hmm. to divide me and her. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I heard that's like $150 or something like that. But yeah. anyway, yeah. some, something like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just stay on top of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's something that a lot of people don't want to do. <laughs> they don't want to stay on top of it, you know. But yeah. Get that paperwork and stuff knocked out. You know, I know everybody's so anxious to get their music and their art and stuff out there, but yeah, make sure your stuff is taken care of that, first. That, so. that, that's, yeah. you know. And so the festivals that's coming up by your boy, are they going to have... Uh, panels where they're talking about this stuff. I'm not stuff. sure what they got going on this year, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I know it's gonna be awesome though. It's gonna oh, be it's awesome because be last dope. year was awesome. So yeah, yeah. oh and man, last last year it was it was too many, too much, too many artists. There's too many people, people yeah. from all over. Yeah, people from all over come down. They yeah. did it big, man. It was it was it was a legit festival. Yeah, legit. Like I mean, you had the Vanguard occupied. You had. The alley over there where the alleys. <laughs> the alleys occupied. You had Steph Simon even performed during it was what was that? It was a Soul Fest or something that was going on. Yeah. He even oh. I mean, it was Comera. They had Comera. They had uh what? Uh Sound Pony. All that whole Main Street. Yeah, they had it locked down. Yeah. And it went all weekend. Yeah. The alley. That's what that, when you said that. I was like, because I walked, I saw everybody in the alley. I'm like, man, where the hell is? Yeah, I mean, they were showing all the art. They had all type of vendors and everything out there. Like, it was a legit. I'm really proud of them boys. That was one of the moments where I'm like, man, these boys is putting on for the town, man, and I love it. It's a beautiful yeah. thing to see, and it's only gonna get bigger, especially when it's uh Black Wall Street and everything else jump off. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, the the 100th year anniversary is next year. So. You can only imagine what what's gonna go down. So in that area, in that area where Black Wall Street is, is there becoming an increased number of blacks starting a bit or coming in there leasing the office spaces and stuff like that? Man, I don't. Because I heard it wasn't. 
They're they're coming now. Like I mean, I just seen a a, a t shirt shop that just opened up there, and uh, oh, you know, yeah. we got Silhouette oh. that just popped off. I mean, Rico about to reopen the you know the gallery and stuff like that. But oh, it was closed. Uh, Huh? It was closed. He uh, moved locations. Oh, so he's not at that corner. He's he's uh, right next door to the silhouette. He's still on Greenwood, all that over there. But he just right there. So how many exactly black businesses are there now? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Uh Yeah. Do you ever think like I'd be imagining? I'm not from here. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. I heard about Black Wall Street when I got here, like maybe four or five years ago, Mm -hmm. like everybody else did. But do you ever think like? We could have that again. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying we like I'm here, but y'all. I mean, you're a part of you. You're a part of it now. You live here, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I'm down with y'all. You live, yeah. You know, <laughs> I always had this weird vision because I'm a visionary. Like we take like some land out there, um, you know where um, Bristol is at. You know that blinking light, and go like about 10, 15 miles down, and then the whole area, whatever. It's That'll like be a dope. City with no name, and create a whole new black. Yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> I mean, you could do that too. You we could build up what we what we lost and buy land. A lot of people don't understand. Like it's it's in the land. Yeah, that's it. That's it's it. in the land because all those it's all, in the land. All those um stores that I just mentioned that uh, in Great, uh, downtown, mm-hmm. the oldest is probably white. Mm-hmm. So it's really black Wall Street paying white. What people, I guess you know. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I just noticed it. Even back in the day, it was it was a it was a few whites that actually had businesses back in the oh, day yeah. too on Black Wall Street. So yeah, but uh, yeah. So okay, uh, so uh, <laughs> 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 I wish you could talk to someone that was dead, man. So yeah. let's talk about that real quick. You know, my uncle Dwayne Dickens, like he's a professor uh, TCC and all that. He he's been on many podcasts. <laughs> Uh, talking about what happened back in the day. So I can only, you know, like I said, I grew up there, but he can really go into depth. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. here, here's what I want to say. Um, when I asked how many blacks are actually in there leasing, mm-hmm. with retail a mess right now, and you look up and down the town, there's open office places, you know, everywhere. But like me and him, he's a tech guy. He's mm-hmm. an IT and our last episode was talking about music and tech, mm-hmm. you know. Now everything is online. Yeah. So when he asked that question, do you see it again happening where you go out there and there's businesses? I feel so. Do you actually see brick and mortar anymore? I, yeah. I, or I, people I are going to have their own online? Because do you really need, well, I mean, you want a store, right? Yeah. But you can make good money since online, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's you got you got the online people, but you also got the people. I gotta see it, I gotta touch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we we talking about verse. Look what he's doing with his CDs. So it's it's very much possible. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's it's it'll it'll yeah, it's possible. Mm. You know, it, it's possible. Yeah. Okay. You know, you just got your people who'd rather get something online or whatever, but you got you got more people like, man, I actually got to see it. I got to, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying because I, what I'm talking about youth, youth, 18 to 25, as far as being entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's probably more better for them and cost-effective if they will build stuff online versus a brick-and-mortar. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about well, reinventing and taking Black Wall Street back to the way it is, could it really be that, really, technically? Because the cost of rent now is, you know what I'm saying? The cost of rent isn't yeah. worth it when you can have a young kid come in here and build a business yeah. online. And they're like, I don't want no yeah, like this it. right here, me to have this is very cost effective. But if I didn't have kids at home, little kids at home, I can do this at home, mm-hmm. you know. So, as far as the question I'm trying to ask, can you really see it in the future like it used to be in 1920 yeah. when you got the, the evolution of online taking over? I can over? see it because, I mean, like I said, we can talk about silhouette, or we could talk about the gallery and stuff is open, and they bring in traffic. You know that I mean yeah. silhouette. Even she don't. She not only sell shoes and clothes, but she also have shows there. So you're when you at that show, you looking at the fresh kicks over here. Are you doing this and that and just bringing? You know, I would say bringing more things is more appealing. You know, and plus restaurants. We love to eat around here in Tulsa. Mm. You know, look at downtown Tulsa. You got plenty of restaurants in there. So, but yeah. well, and I'm just saying, if if Black Wall Street can be that, because we had Black Wall Street had entertainment. You had everything there. So I feel like, yeah, that can definitely happen again. Yeah. Put a grocery store. Man, we back. Grocery store, put a theater there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? All of that. I feel like... Oh, would you go inside? Okay, okay. No, I feel like, you know, because all of Guthrie Green, all that over there used to be, you know, I would say there was, there was Black Wall Street all over there. But I'm saying it's just kind of like downtown right now is popping. You know, yeah. they're bringing whatever downtown. And so... If if it wouldn't, we could just imagine that okay, that was Black Wall Street. So if that, if they're bringing people back downtown, of course it can happen for Black Wall Street. So what will it take for us, for more of us to physically be down there? Does there need to be an investment fund that's somehow created and then giving scholarships to key? I mean, just what because. Because like the, the the dollar didn't leave the, the community back in the day. And then, yeah, but that's the problem. That's the problem that we it's have important. now, though. Supporting each other. I, I mean, mean, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. But the, at the same time, the black dollar right now probably don't even bounce one time. Yeah, we only have a community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for it to bounce. So how can that's what I'm asking you? How can that happen if we don't even have a community right now for that dollar to bounce for us to pull from and. And, 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 and rent some of those spaces out there. Well, it's time to rebuild. My boy Corey, Corey Carolina just bought this office space, 59th and North Peoria, mm-hmm. right next to Church's Chicken. Mm-hmm. If you go over there, it's boarded up right now. Anyway, I went inside there and I was like overwhelmed. I'm like, bro, this is too much. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, Three different sections, and he's just building it for like office space and for people to come lawyers. He already got people like, yo, just sign me up whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. So in the near future, he's moving extremely fast. Um, 59, there's going to be a 59th Street, like, what you call it? Like a little, like an office building. You just got to mm-hmm. see it, man. This is coming together so fast. He asked me to put a barbershop in there, but I'm not from out though. You know what I'm saying? And I got a whole bunch of clients here. And they definitely not going way out there because they live right here on the Garnet Mingo. So he was looking for people to do that, lawyers, um, and, and, um, anything, just to fill up his offices because he's making like, he's going to have like 30 offices inside uh, there. It's, it's going to be dope. 
So um, anyway, that's 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 one person I see building. Him is Scott Gordon, which is a pastor from Sepulpa. Oh yeah, I love Scott. That's his mentor. Which when I get my money up, it's coming real soon. They'll be my mentor because I'm gonna get into this real estate thing. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. Um, that's what they buying. They buying these these like. Exactly. That's what my dad does. My dad, man, where, like I said, my, where I'm at, my dad, man, he either tore down the houses that he couldn't salvage or he re- remodeled them. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're doing, especially where I'm at. People are coming downtown. People are coming because, you know, and I'm right there. Like I said, I'm right there, Pine and Greenwood. Peoria, Pine Greenwood, Peoria. I'm right there. So that whole area, everybody's oh, you coming. Know you live over there by the Quick Trip? I'm right there. Quick Trip, Carver, Rudisil. Oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, I'm okay. right there in Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that whole, but like you were saying, my, you know, my dad was like, dude, you have to start buying this land. Invest in this house. You got to do this and that because it's coming. It is coming, especially that area. Like, yeah, that it area. is coming. You know, I've been so, out there for five, six years. I've seen that area. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like That Quick Trip is actually, of all the Quick Trips in America, that's number three. As far as revenue, yeah, you know what I mean, which one? Um, Peoria, yeah, Pine Peoria. Peoria, yeah. Thanks. And I was Thanks. like, "How's that happen?" And he said, "A homeboy said, you know what? Them people down there are using it, grocery, milk, eggs, because mm-hmm. oh, they don't have, wow. yeah, you know." And so big businesses are looking like, "Oh, it's some money out there." But it's all, but it's all, it's big out there. there. It's all, it's like I say, just for that, it's t- it's people moving in there. And then, like I say, downtown is just downtown is live again you know and they're still doing what they need to do but that area everybody's trying to get closer to downtown and all that so you know because they realize this is this is where the culture this is where the history is this is this is where it's going down at so do you see any redlining that's happening now to where some they're kind of slowly getting the older people out mainly black folks out so that they can bring in a newer class i see that but the community ain't letting that happen. Kind of like what happened in Brooklyn. Yeah, they trying to do that, but we're we're nah. It's 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 still it's still uh, dominant black. It's more mm-hmm. yeah, predominantly mm-hmm. black. Yeah, you know. But they they tried to do that, but that's not happening. Nah. And that's why I love what you're doing. You and Rico and everybody's even like hearing about the girl who started the what is it silhouette or silhouette cool. To where they're Bonita. performing in there too, the yeah, culture, dope, man. Yeah. and that's our culture. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. are truly keeping it alive. Man, I'm yeah. just like I say. I'm just doing my part. I mean, I'm not even at the forefront. I'm just like I say. I'm just amazed to even know these people. To be honest, I don't even look at what I've I've done like this. Whatever, man. It's just like I don't care. You know, I'm just amazed at what's going on because I feel it's it's bigger than me. I, like I said, I done did whatever. Like it's it's hey, if they if they're at the forefront, support them. Cause mm-hmm. if I do decide to step back out there, I know it's there. Yeah. But I honestly, you know, I honestly appreciate what we have now. You know, and like my my bestest thing is like, dang, I was talking to her the other day. I'm just like, man, I actually know these people. This is crazy. Like I actually know these people. Like we're legitimately friends, and that's to me that's cool because yeah. I don't have to be on st- nobody's stage anymore. I don't have to be the center of attention. It's just like, man, I see these guys. They're doing their thing, and they really have a heart for what they're doing. So that's all. It, I'm gonna do my thing, but at the same time, I, hey, they doing their thing, and I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah. okay. 
That's all for me, you got anything? All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this should be, be, be pretty quick. So, like, so what do you think needs to happen? You know, we, we talked about the dollar not, you know, bouncing enough times. What do you think, um, what do you think needs to change in order to increase, increase the support for uh, black-owned businesses, black entrepreneurship, so that the dollar can bounce more than once in our community? Because it seems like that's going to be a huge factor in rebuilding Wall Street. And, and how much do we need to move forward um, and build something new, something it may not be the same thing, but if we gonna. I feel like we can build something new. What do you think it's gonna take? Man, it just it just takes everybody being on one accord, because you always gonna have somebody. Well, I'm the boss. I'm this. I'm this. This and that. I have my thing. Like, okay, this is the plan. This is the vision. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna? Are we gonna be on one accord with that? Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's, it's too many. I want to. I hate to use the crab in the burrow, yeah. but it's 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 that. You know, until somebody be like, okay, this is the plan, this is the vision, will you lock, will you do this thing? I mean, just like now, because, I mean, it's more than just Steph. You got Tones, you got everybody, all these artists, we're putting on for Black Wall Street. So that was our thing, it's like, okay, if you in the fashion, you in the singing, you in the rapping, you in the entrepreneurship or whatever else, we're going to represent Black Wall Street. We're going to tell everybody about Black Wall Street. We're going to post, we're going to... You know, hashtag, we're going to do this and this So and everybody's going to point to Black Wall Street. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're going to point to Black Wall Street. But I feel like, man, if, we, if we're not on one accord, then it ain't going to never happen. But we we have to humble ourselves. I mean, Ooh, that's what it is. You, you have to humble yourself. Like, like I just said with me, I don't have to be on stage like that mm-hmm. anymore. You know what I'm saying? I can sit back and, like, enjoy it. Like, man, you you killing it. And be real genuine about it. Like, right. I'm proud of what everybody's doing around here. I don't have to be that guy on stage anymore. I done had my time. If it comes up, if it comes up, you know, if it comes a time that, okay, I'm back in the forefront, okay, cool. But I'm not going to be so wrapped up in the glamour and the whatever else that comes along with it to where I can't appreciate what's going on now. But we have to be, we have to be on one accord. You know, if we're going to rebuild, okay, this is the plan, this is the vision. Everybody eats, but you already got that one. I'm the boss. All right, it's going to be my way. No, this is the plan, and this is the vision. Let's do that thing. So, yeah, that's yeah. real. Yeah, that's real. that's real right there, man. That's good. That's how you rebuild. It's humbling yourself. That's a good word to leave right there. Humble yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for coming. Uh, blessing us. Come back again, man. For real. Well, give me the invite. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. That's the yeah, Hustle fun, guys. and fun. Struggle Podcast. Let's give Tony Williams a round of applause. Thanks for coming, bro. Thank you. Oh, man. Appreciate you guys.